Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of The MinMax Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. Thank you for being here. We're glad you're here. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by Kyle Hilliard. Hey, how's it going? Good, looking sharp. Joined by Jeff Marchiafava. That's me. Joined by Janet New Glasses Garcia. Hi. New Glasses, who dis, as a lot of people like to say. Uh, Janet, thank you for being here. Um, are you feeling... The heat? You feeling stressed out, Janet? I feel like um, out of maybe anybody, you are sprinting with embargoes and playing games, and we are in like full fall review season right now. Yeah, it's rough. Um, I'm doing pretty well until then. I'm not like all of yesterday. I'm like, this is like the most productive balanced day. I'm eating my food. I'm cleaning up the apartment. I'm doing my work. There we go. And then I get to the end of the night and I'm like, I just feel like I haven't done as much as I wanted to and that there's no winning. So why am I trying? And then my boyfriend's like, well, that's scary, <laughs> but also not too unfamiliar because I was I've been waiting for like a mental break to happen at some point. But yeah. now I'm back and we're here and we're working still. I mean, for right. the next like two weeks. Are you able but to? Re- like, I mean, you're able to just like refresh things and realize like, no, no, I'm playing these games because they're fun. Right. Or are you just full on like this is a company. I'm a one woman business. Let's go. I mean, I'm, I'm right now I'm playing for content. Like, yeah. I, you know, I think people always like say like, oh, but you'd never play a game like that. Like this, if you, for casually, it's like, yeah, when I play games casually, they take me like five years to finish sometimes. Right. Like, that doesn't make sense for content. Like Uncharted 4, I was playing that game for like three years and I'm everyone's like, why is it taking so long? I'm like, because I'm not playing this for work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, without, get, I mean, Marvel's Rabbit, some of the games we'll talk about yeah. this week, next week, whatever. Um, cool games. This is a cool field, but yes, it is does require a form of structure that engaging with it on a hobby level doesn't necessarily require. Yeah, it can be stressful. Structure can be stressful. Yes. Yeah. So I get it. Um, by the way, the biggest game on the horizon, God of War Ragnarok. We can reveal that um, we have codes. Some of us have been playing. We can't fully talk about it on this podcast. But personally, I'm in a camp where I don't want to talk about it on this podcast in a big way until it's actually out so we can kick off the deepest dive because we are, in fact, taking the deepest dive into God of War Ragnarok, breaking that sucker up into three parts for a gigantic community game club, and you can play along with us. We'd love to read your comments directly on the show. So if you're a Patreon supporter, not only do you unlock the podcast version of the best, most thorough discussion about God of War Ragnarok on the internet, uh, but then also you can submit your thoughts and we'll read them along the way and we'll reveal that cast, that colorful cast, cast of characters that'll be joining us for that big discussion soon, but it should be a fun one. Um, okay. On this episode of the podcast, first of all, people watching us live at the backstage past here, I, I agree that I effed up and we should start the whole show again because Starkiller says that I should have introduced you as Kyle Silent Hilliard. I blew it. God, I blew it. But we'll be talking about Silent Hill. There's Silent Hill news, everybody. Like, real news. These aren't, like, rumors and leaks and whispers. And a lot. We have a like. lot to dissect <laughs> with Silent Hill. We're going back to Silent Hill, everybody. Oh, we're uh, returning. We're returning. To that's right. Hill. The way to phrase it. Uh, then we're going to be talking about Mario plus Rabid Sparks of Hope out this week on the Nintendo Switch. We've all been playing it, and I don't want to spoil anything, but all been... Loving it. Uh, then Kyle insists that we I'll talk about. Okay, I will. Uh, Kyle insists that. that we then talk about Pilot Wing, Pilot Wing sixty four 
for at least 30 minutes, so we're going to get to that. The um, majority of the show, yeah, if we can. Okay, yeah. We'll be talking about Dragon Ball The Breakers. We'll be talking a little bit about Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed as well, and then Leo Vader is going to join us and talk about some Overwatch 2, finally. And then the back half of the show, we have wonderful community questions from Patreon supporters. Uh, this is it. This is a fun day. We're recording this right after the big Silent Hill transmission, the big Silent Hill showcase. Isn't it just nice to have, like, real news it's been kyle how many years of whispers about like you know what they're doing with the silent hill i heard that bloober team might be involved in some way i mean the second the pt stuff collapsed i think it just the rumor mill like kicked up in overdrive like more than more than most franchises i feel like yeah so it's satisfying to finally get new announcements with this whole thing um let's let's run them down let's count them off so silent hill fans this is your time to shine everybody we are getting a remake, re, remake of Silent Hill 2 from Bluebird Team, which we'll unpack a little bit. Uh, then we're getting Silent Hill Townfall, which is a game from Annapurna and then No Code, who are the developers of Stories Untold and Observation, if you remember those games. That's going to be your artsy Silent Hill. Seems live action-y, seems a little bit mysterious. Then we're getting a new movie called Return to Silent Hill. Then we're getting Silent Hill Ascension, which is, it seems like a text-based shared experience live game from Bad Robot and other folks. And then we're just saying words. It's really a lot. Then we're also getting Silent Hill F, which is a new Silent Hill game from the developers of Resident Evil Reverse, which is interesting, even though that game's not technically out yet. But this is a Silent Hill game um, that is taking place in Japan in the 1960s. Uh, So here you go, world. Silent Hill Palooza. Kyle, I haven't checked Twitter. How's everybody reacting? How's everybody doing out there? Uh, everyone is mad that there's too much now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think Classic. One really, of the two tragedies in life, not getting what you want and getting it. It's really bizarre. <laughs> I was thinking about it today where I was like, I was taking notes during the stream and everything and thinking about all these announcements and how fans are reacting. And I realized that my own notes were taking a negative tone. And I was like, you know what? It's new Silent Hill games, everybody. I understand there's going to be room to criticize it, but this is exactly what's wrong with this industry at times. Is they're like, uh, I don't know, Konami, make new Silent Hill games. And Konami says, hey, here's a million new Silent Hill games. And then everyone says, yeah, but yeah, but Bloober Team's had a couple 7 out of 10s, so I don't know anymore. I don't know about this remake of Silent Hill 2. You know, Konami's nope. like, I told you that they weren't going to want it. I, I knew know. they wouldn't want it. They kept asking. <laughs> Cancel them all. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, uh, which one is the most exciting for you, do you think? Uh, Silent Hill 2. Yeah. yeah. Pretty pretty handily, like, without question. Like, that's that's really, like, if you had asked me, like, a month ago, what do you want? What is it that you want? What do you want from Silent Hill? What will make I'd be you like, happy? I want to be able to play Silent Hill 2, like, properly in the year 2022. And it whether that's a remake or, like, a nice remaster of the original. So that, that to me, like, just seeing a lot of those familiar scenes from Silent Hill 2 in this new... Uh, these new visuals, which look very good. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's I'm very excited for that. Yeah, it's coming out on PC I, I and PS5. Like, I yeah. feel like 90% of Silent Hill fans are just Silent Hill 2 fans. Is that, does that <laughs> yeah. seem accurate? Or at little 1, 2, and like a little of 3. And then after that, mm. they're like, I don't know. I, I rented the room. <laughs> well, it was... <laughs> I rented the room. Walter Sullivan. Uh, the weird thing is, you know, we did a live reaction stream. You can watch us react live to all of these things on our YouTube channel. 
Um, and there are a lot of people that are like, what? You're remaking the second one? Like, people are ready to, like, really? get back in with Silent Hill, and they wanted to start with the first one, naturally. But I think it's a I think it's a smart move. They can always go back in time and remake Silent Hill 1 at some point, right? Well, they did already, kind of. Oh, that's with true. With that Wii game. Yeah. So, which everyone forgets about. And I never played, admittedly. Um, but 2, yeah, like Jeff said, 2 is... The best Silent Hill game, so do that one. Yeah, Janet, I don't know if you're a Silent Hill fan, but did anything stand out to you about the Silent Hill 2 footage that they revealed? Um, no, I mean, it looks fine, right? Like, it looks like a, a remade modern game, mm-hmm. but I... Bloober Team has not made anything that I thought was good so far. I've only played two of their games. Um, a little bit of... Oh my gosh, I always wear the sweater, but today I'm not wearing it. Oh my God! What's the name? Blair it's like of Fear. Evil in the Woods or something. Right? Blair Witch. Oh, there's Blair Witch. There's Blair the Witch. Medium. Okay. Blair Witch. I played like maybe ten minutes of, and I'm like, this game is not good, yeah. so I'm not going to continue. Sometimes I do do that. I, it's contrary to popular belief. There are. You should see what I haven't finished. It's rough. Um, and then Medium was very like mid. Um, yeah. as well. Is I think that's where they got the name of the game from. So. That's right. Thank I know, you, right? There's many, there's many a jokes to be had, and I think my communities ran through all of them because I became like a constantly referenced, like a perfectly, like this, this could have been good, and yet it wasn't in many different ways. Right. So I guess the question is, like, do we think this is going to be good? I mean, it, it is a remake of a game that people already like, so can it be messed up? Yeah, and I guess I that's a cursed question. But what do y'all think yeah. as as fans of the franchise? Yeah, I, I'm optimistic. I, I am. I, I, I think Bloober, like, I, I'm with you in that, like, nothing that they've made has really, like, sung to me or been super exciting. But there's, like, a lot of technical proficiency there. And it's, it feels like a developer where you play each of its games and you're like, one of these things is going to take off and mm-hmm. be a hit and be a showcase for what they can do. And I'm optimistic that it could be this remake because they have the blueprints to work with a very cool game. Yeah, and it's interesting that, you know, they're emphasizing, hey, original talent still involved here. Um, we have the composer, Yamaoka, um, who's legendary, and he had a little vignette um, in this showcase video talking about how it seemed like he wanted to, he said it has new musical style and will have new challenges. So it seems like out of anybody, he's maybe taking the most creative license for changing mm-hmm. some stuff up. But then they also said, hey, we also have Masahiro Ito, who is kind of the creature designer, legendary creature designer for Silent Hill. And they'll be coming back for the remake of Silent Hill 2. So, I mean, fans of Metal Gear Survive and the creature design in that game have a lot to celebrate because that was his finest work, Kyle, as you know, you just played it this there- year. There is a, a gigantic creature that kind of just walks around and survive. That is very cool and very Silent Hilly. So, so there we go. He's been he hasn't left it really. Um, but yeah, it's a PS5 and then also on PC. And yeah, I'm curious to hear what the hardcore fans think about it. It's weird to see like James's face. It's a little bit like that Mario movie trailer thing where there's a lot of squinting about like it looks old. His hair kind of looks weird, but. I guess it's nice to have a good-looking version of Silent Hill 2, so I don't think they gave a year or a window for release. Jeff, do you remember anything like that? No. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they're that far along. Yeah. It did, it did have a weird disclaimer asterisk on it where it was like, you know, coming to PlayStation 5 exclusively, PC, console exclusive for 12 months. It actually said that. Oh, is that right? Page. It was weird. So, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, that means, but in terms of gameplay, you know, Bloober said, hey, we're big fans of the original. We don't want to change too much. Um, we are making the camera over the shoulder. So think of it more like a Resident Evil style instead of the more direct camera and all that stuff. But, um, Jeff, um, 
you grew skeptical during this presentation during the whole section where they're talking about Return to Silent Hill, which is a new Silent Hill yeah. movie that they're making. And well, relay to us why that was interesting. Well, they they set it up in such a weird way. And maybe maybe things were getting lost in translation or something. But they they had, you know the Konami person coming out for like the movie franchises, I guess. And he was like, Hey, you know, we've been kind of sitting on the franchise for a long time. And then like the original director came and he had an idea for a new silent Hill movie. And it was, it really inspired us. And, and so we started working with him on this new movie. And then it's, it's such an inspiration that we thought, Hey, maybe, maybe this isn't just a movie. Maybe it has to kind of extend into games as well. Because it's such a great idea. And then they brought the director out and he started talking about it. And it's just a remake of the Silent Hill 2 into a movie. And it's like, right. how, how is this like the most inspirational thing you've ever seen? That's like you needed someone to come up to you after 20 years and say, hey, that Silent Hill 2 is actually pretty good. And then they thought, oh, man, we should be making these games again. It is kind of gross. It still had shades of that idea of like, what? Hollywood came calling? It's like, I, I thought as the games industry, we were above that at this point. But the fact that Konami's like, hello, mediocre director from the 2006 Silent Hill movie. You want to make a new one? Well, now we're all excited about Silent Hill again. It's kind of sad. And, and by the way, we will conveniently completely not mention the 2012 movie. Yeah. Right. Everyone's already forgot. Silent Hill Revelation, which to be fair, he did not direct. But he I was looking not, at, yeah. so it's Christoph Gans, the director. He directed... A Beauty and the Beast film in 2014. I think that was his last directing credit. And it was not uh, glowingly received. I mean, I'm sure he's a talented bloke, but it just feels kind of like old Hollywood. And then, like, the producer got out there as well. Um, and he had a line. He says, Kristoff, talking about the, the film's director, Kristoff is a real gamer. <laughs> and that's, like, their pitch for, like, why this movie is going to be good. That's why people like that first Silent Hill movie from 2006, because you can it, tell he's a gamer. It's like, okay, yeah, we're so I, beyond I think this, it was right? Kind of, I think it was kind of endemic of a lot of those announcements in there where they kind of prefaced each one saying, Hey, this other developer came to us with this really good idea and this passion for our franchise. And so, and so like, finally we just started kind of saying, okay, to some of these people. And that doesn't, that still doesn't instill <laughs> me with a lot of confidence because, because they literally said like, Oh, every year, so many people yeah. come to us with ideas for, for our franchise. And it's like, I want one of those people to be at the top of your company and, you know, putting more force behind this new initiative that you have other than just like, because at this point, I don't have a ton of uh, confidence for Konami to be able to pick the right people to make games and then kind of shepherd them in the right direction while giving them the creative freedom that they need to take the franchise in different places and in order to make their games good. And I just don't. I, I, you know, Annapurna's great. The, like, most of those announcements were great. Yeah. And like Kyle, I, I hope that Blue Team can pull it off. But but on the Konami side of things, I'm that's where my biggest worries still kind of lie. Yeah, it was kind of fun just to see a presentation, though, where they would splash the big red Konami logo on the screen every once in a while. It's like, oh, maybe Konami is kind of back. And then they spend, you know, 10 minutes talking about this movie more than anything else. And then they also had... 
it felt like a lifetime just literally walking through new Silent Hill merchandise and the details yeah. of why you need to buy and that, this. It's like, that's when they really this? lit up of like, <laughs> okay, now here are here are 20 different statues of all these characters. This is what we're going to spend our time talking about. Yeah, I, I did like the uh, dog statue. That, that's a, the do- look, they, no one's arguing with the Silent Hill yeah, dog you statue. You can see our reaction on that one. <laughs> that was when we all changed. We were like, yeah, okay, that's pretty, that's yeah. pretty good. But I mean, How many of these statues are you guys going to buy? Uh, most of them, the I think. Yeah, I can't help it. We got to help fund that film. So anything we got to do on our yeah. end. But it's it's yeah. scary. I think thinking of Konami in this shoot in this you know spot or in this you know uh, worldview where it takes the idea of this Hollywood movie for them to get off their butts. And obviously, in the back of my mind, I'm still always thinking of Metal Gear and that simmering Metal, Metal Gear? Gear Solid. Thank you, the Metal Gear Solid movie from Sony, which. The director announced it years ago. Oscar Isaac's going to play Solid Snake. And that's just been somewhere on Sony's to-do list. And so, like, I wonder if that movie ever gets greenlit in a bigger way and actually moves into production, if that would then kick Konami into gear to boot up reboots or remakes, whatever they're cooking up with Metal Gear, which there's plenty of rumors around that now. So that'll be the rest of our lives, I think, is just teasing out what Konami might be thinking about. And it's damning to know that they're only coming back to Silent Hill because of this movie. But hey, all power to them. Well, hold again, on, re- real quick. Yeah. Why do you think it's just because of the movie? That's what they said. They, di- they did? Okay. Yeah, they I said, thought the remake was had been in development for many years at this point. No, they said the film was the catalyst for getting the new Silent Hill games okay. into production. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I missed that specific detail. Okay, yeah, cool. and again, I mean, as Jeff said, maybe that, it's a yeah, translation that, that thing. That might be just be messaging or, yeah. you know, translation things. But It's tough to lock right. down. But I still, I mean, it's interesting choices, like having developers of... Oh boy, Observer. What's the other game that I mentioned earlier again? Uh, Stories Untold. Stories Untold. Like that's an Annapurna. That's a really interesting choice for this funky style game. And then the big tease at the end of Silent Hill F. That one's like, hmm, I think that's maybe what I'm the most curious about. And I guess that is a. People put Fs in the chat when they announced that because it seems like that's what would happen. They lit up. I mean, at least, I mean. The early teaser concept trailer looks cool, and the idea is this is a Silent Hill game taking place in Japan in the 1960s um, with a bunch yeah, of... Yeah, I, lo- I love that idea, by the way, because, like, yeah. d- despite Silent Hill being very much, like, developed by Japanese developers, it's always kind of been this, like, alternate view of America in a strange way, like... Like, what is the Japanese lens think of small town America? Yeah. So it's interesting to see that lens be faced toward Japan. I like it's it's a very intriguing tease, even though there's not much to go on in terms of like what the game will be. Yeah. The developer of Resident Evil Reverse. I mean, I don't think anybody was lit up by the betas for that thing, but maybe that comes out and everybody will love it. And, you know, it seems like a different style of game. So I hope it's not a bait and switch. And it turns out this is another 4v1 style game um i hope it's more narrative driven because they emphasize the story there is from uh, a renowned artist uh visual novel artist when they cry uh, i guess is their work and it's ryu kishi 07 is their name so they have some interesting talent behind it and stuff um so yes yeah, um, he'll have i ran into this problem like a few months ago um so i'm gonna ask y'all because i don't remember what the answer people gave me was if i want to like get into the silent hill franchise mm. in the modern era what do I do? Because uh, when I I was trying to play it back on what was PS Now and what is now like PS Plus Plus. I forget the real name. I always <laughs> no say the knows. joke name. No one knows. And and people were like, oh, 
they're like, oh, just play that. It's like a it's like a fun one to try out. I was like, sure. And then everyone's like, no, that one's like the bad version of a good game. What am I right. supposed to do for this? And then what do you recommend I do now with this two one, I mean, this curse two? Just just wait. Just wait. That's that's been the problem is that there's like no good way to really play Silent Hill 2. Like even I tried to play it as recently as like a year ago and I bought the Xbox version off eBay, but the backwards compatible version is messed up. Like it's it's terrible and the saves get all if you save too much, it causes all these problems and the fog doesn't look very good. So that's <laughs> that's like the issue. That question is like why Silent Hill fans have been so frustrated because there is no good way to play these great games. Like there the the best way I found was like there is a fan group that is sort of you know, uh, doing the fan remake, quote unquote, I guess, or sure. revitalization of Silent Hill 2. And they Crap. have all these free mods and stuff you can add to the PC version of Silent Hill 2. And and, and that's the best option right now, which what is about like the first one. Is it the same deal? I think the first one you're is... in a little bit more luck because you can play it on like a PS3. You can okay. like download the PlayStation One version and play on PS3, but even that's like a crazy hurdle. So and that's then when do the, I go through the the Silent Hill experience that I have for PSP sealed that I've never opened? What is that? Is Silent that Hill the, experience? This is Welcome to Silent Hill. The Silent Hill experience takes viewers on a visually stunning and musical ride into the shadowy depths of Silent Hill, combining different forms of media, including digital comics, music, music, and video. <laughs> the Silent Hill experience provides fans a unique look into one of the most terrifying game franchises of all time, featuring over two hours of digital comics based on the popular Silent Hill comic series presented with haunting music. I cannot wait to open this thing. Includes the acclaimed <laughs> comic series Silent Hill Dying Inside and a brand oh. new Silent Hill Story the Hunger. Granted, brand new. Big caveat there. This is, came out in 2006. It's not brand new anymore. 20 unforgettable tracks. Exclusive video interview with the director of the Silent Hill movie. Again, hey, where video content from previous Silent Hill games. So that's that's basically a DVD of special features about Silent Hill. Okay, so that's where you start, Janet. Clearly, you start there and then you move Is on this to spoilers in it. Like that's the just thing. jump in and you move right to Silent Hill Book of Memories on the Vita. And the those are your order? two. Yeah. Open half of this and then download something on the VS3. I don't know. Uh, Kyle, do you have any hope for um, that bizarre game where Jacob Novak got out there from Genvid? Um, and he was, this is confusing. If you remember your weird game industry history, he was the head of Shinra, which was the name of Square's cloud streaming technology. They named it Shinra. Why? <laughs> well, the confusing thing is Square named the company Shinra, and it was a cloud streaming company. And for a while, they were based out of Avalanche Studios. So it was like the swirl of Final Fantasy VII code names. Um, anyways, but Jacob Novak now... What was your read on Silent Hill Ascension and the fact that Bad Robot is involved in some way, Kyle? Well, it's it's funny because, you know, Silent Hill is a very, like, metaphorical series and you can interpret it in different ways. And, like, it was funny when you were sharing the rundown, you were, like, a text-based multiplayer. I was like, I didn't think that's what it was at all. I thought it was, like, a, a, like a Dead by Daylight style, like, narrative multiplayer game or something like that. I don't know what to think of this thing. It seems but J.J. Like... Abrams seems very excited about it. And I'm glad they had him <laughs> available to yeah, like, We have a message from J.J. Abrams. Then it fades to black and fades up. And it's literally just like a text on the screen that J.J. Abrams wrote. Some typos in there, maybe a winky face. And then that was it. But he's too busy working on Spy Jinx, that other mobile game from Bad Robot Kyle and Epic. He couldn't possibly. Whatever he's doing with Valve, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, you remember when they made that uh, Super 8 interactive oh, yeah. thing that came with portal that was weird yeah i played it it's yeah cool. i played it it's like two minutes long or something but yeah so it's a 
It launches in 2023, and it's a live, real-time, interactive series. And the idea is fans can experience it together and shape official Silent Hill canon together. Um, oh my god! It feels like it's Silent. <laughs> it's Silent Hill baseball. Is kind of the vibe that I'm getting from the pitch. But to be clear, they say, quote, together we're going to revolutionize what horror means in interactive media. So please. And it's not baseball. <laughs> and it might not be baseball. Anyways, uh, that's Silent Hill Ascension, everybody. Please look forward to it. Uh, Silent Hill's back! Be excited, Internet! This is your one chance before everyone just gets more and more <laughs> negative forever about everything Bloober does. Yeah, because you also know if, like, the first thing that comes out in this group, if it's even semi-mediocre, like yeah. the response to it, they're canceling everything else. Oh. They're shutting it all down. Or if the movie can't get funding or something, then it's going to be like, Ugh. Amazon passed, yeah. therefore goodbye Silent Hill 2 remake. Weird world we're in, everybody. Um, hey, this is a real game that's actually out, and um, you can play it as of uh, later this week. This is Mario plus Rabbids Sparks. Of hope, everybody! The sequel to Kingdom Battle. This is the new tactics game starring everybody's favorite Mario and everybody's favorite Rabbids together again, once and for all. Um, Jeff, how much have you played of this thing? I'm very curious. I'm like a third of the way through it. Nice. So far. Nice. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm like halfway through the third world is where I'm at. Um, Kyle, what about you? Uh, finishing up that first world with okay. this one. Right, um, the rainy planet. Rainy yeah. planet, and then Janet. I know you've been having a very thorough run of this thing. Yeah, I'm still on where I was on Monday because <laughs> of everything else. Sure. Um, the beginning of the third world. Um, 16 hours of playtime. Heavy completion for the first world, and that is heavy for the second. Okay, gotcha. Um, I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago after that preview event, um, but this game's good, right? Am I nuts? No, I mean, why would you even ask that? It has, like, Thank ridiculously you. good scores everywhere. I don't know anyone that doesn't think this game is good. Oh, good. Honestly, I haven't really looked at too many of the reviews out there. They seem they seem solid, though. Yeah, it's getting, like, a bunch of nines from, like, plenty of outlets. Like, That's yeah, awesome. people love this game. I yeah. mean, I, I feel like people don't talk about it, though. It hasn't gotten a lot of hype, I feel like, in some ways. It has, you know, maybe once it launches and people... I think it'll have that same bump of like everyone who tried Kingdom Battle and they're like, oh, this is better than I thought it would be to have a Mario and Rabbids XCOM. And I feel like this is, based on my experience, uh, quite a bit better than Kingdom Battle. I enjoy Kingdom Battle, but I fell off it. And even starting this game, it's like, well, I liked what I played before. But I'm curious if I'm going to stick with it now going through it. But I'm I'm having a blast. Uh, it's like it so much hinges on whether or not kind of the RPG progression in this tactics game will have its hooks in you. But I'm enjoying the combat so much more than I expected, and like every upgrade I actually care about, which is really rare to do, especially for a, a Ubisoft game, but like I'm excited for every unlock that I can get because it's actually changing up the way that I'm playing minute to minute. And it's no offense, I think the game is so good, uh, sometimes you forget it's even a tactics game. Like it is. It is a very, wow. very active tactics That's game. so mean. It's true, though. <laughs> it's true. Like, you have so much, like, variety in each combat. And then the situation is like, okay, I'm going to be Mario, and I'm going to run over here, and I'm going to dash into the bomb, and then use that, and then throw that over here, and then I'm going to team jump from this person over to here, and then team jump over here, and then go into this state, and then it's like, oh, and then I still have two action abilities as well. I feel like it's always like this lingering feeling of like, oh, that's right. I still have a couple of action points, even though I feel like I've been doing stuff just as one character for so long. Like, there's so much that they pack into each yeah. person's turn if you play it right. I, I feel like most tactics fans would say that a lot of ta good tactics games give you a lot of variety and options, but it is it is 
that is also why I love this franchise is it's it's a weird kind of unique strain of that kind of play where there is they give you a lot of freedom with the dash attacks and and I was I was skeptical going into this one when they kind of showed that they got rid of the grid basically even though it's still kind of there mm. but you just have you just have the areas that you can run around endlessly in um, as you're trying to set things up but that yeah. works really well and I don't I don't miss having a grid at all it eliminates all of those like weird pathing situations that you could still come sometimes get into with the last one. And I, and they, they just make so many very smart, like excess kind of like making it easily accessible for people who aren't into tactics games that, that really work the ability to respect, respect any character anytime without that costing you any kind of currency to just say, okay, I have one more, I have one new skill point. I'm going to completely work, rework every character on my team and like go into different skills with that. That's really nice. And it made, it also changes up the way I play, you know, from one battle to the next. Yeah. And especially when you add on top of that, then the sparks, uh, which are kind of the Lumas of from hope. Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah, the ones of hope, the eponymous yeah. ones of hope. Um, mm-hmm. And those have a wide variety of abilities. Like some are just kind of like, okay, uh, decreasing your damage, you take by 30% or something. Or this one might add fire element to your attack. Or this one is kind of a toxic ooze, and it's kind of like an area of effect thing. And that ooze is so OP. I, I got I put that it. thing on, and I was like, I'm never taking this off. Um, that's yeah. like my favorite. Yep. Spark to use. I'm totally with you. But you're also leveling those up and progressing those individually as well in a very satisfying, well, it could be more satisfying. It's kind of the Super Mario Galaxy move of like feeding them star bits, but I wish they like yeah. inflated like in Galaxy, but nothing's perfect. Um, but then you can like swap those around. So you're combining the different abilities that characters naturally unlock and then swapping like these wildly different uh, sparks around to the different characters. Like there's a lot, I think, of creativity. And I'm a tactics idiot. Um, I would love to see somebody who's like Iron Man, XCOM fan, number one, jump into this game. I really want to see somebody just wring the most interesting strategies out of it. Because even from my idiot brain, um, I think there's a lot of creative possibilities so far. Yeah, it it definitely feels like a sequel where they kind of, they figured out a lot in that first game and they have refined the different kind of scenarios that you get into. I It, it does feel... I, like the first world that you go through feels very easy, but I did stumble into like one fight that was way above my skill level uh, yeah. on that first planet. And it, it, I had to try it three or four times, but it was one where they were just, they were swarming you with Goombas that were wearing pots on their head, which makes yeah. them invincible unless you dash through them and then you can kind of pick them up and throw them off of the, the, uh, the environment. And, I played that one a couple times and it was just such a unique, a, like a completely new experience for a tactics game where it was like, wait, how am I going to figure this out? And I had to like puzzle out every single like inch of like, man, I'm just out of their range. They give you really good tools for seeing like how far each enemy can go and everything. And yeah. it's just, they give you all the information that they need. They come up with really unique scenarios and it feels completely different from And it feels so much faster than a lot of tactics games that it's just, I'm, I'm super happy that this exists within yes. that genre. Yeah. I'm totally with you. It's like, we, we should, <laughs> this is gross to say, but here we go. I feel like we should be thankful that like the tactics genre is getting this level of production. 
You know, it's like, I understand. No, it's like, we should thank Ubisoft, which is a gross thing to say. But like, genuinely, it's amazing that like, you know, a genre that's like, okay, a lot of great indie games and obviously XCOM, you know, revitalized the, the genre to a fair extent. But it's like, this is a big budget game from Ubisoft. And, you know, it's always confusing how much Nintendo's paying for versus Ubisoft and all that stuff. Um, but like, it's just so awesome that if you combine these family friendly franchises like Mario and Rabbids, you can sneak in a surprisingly complex tactics game that is just above and beyond in terms of production value. I really love it. Um, yeah, I think my favorite thing about it is still just how easy it is to understand all the rules of it. Um, I'm definitely still a beginner to tactics, so I've now played a couple. Um, and whenever I sit down with a new tactics game, I feel like I have to hyper turn my brain on. I'm like, okay, I re- you really, you really got to read this. That's right. Like this time for real, you know? And I was like, okay. And I feel like I spend a lot of time intaking information and oftentimes too, you might still be getting new like mechanics hours and hours into it and here i feel like while there's a a hint of that and those like those first two again i'm only in like the third world but like the first two where it's like you get a spark and then it's like spoilers you get two sparks and i was like also i i went wild for when you got a second one i was like i'm sliding a second one jumping up and down like this went from a nine to a ten no not literally but i it was so funny because it's such a simple concept that maybe you could see coming from a mile away but i'm just like oh playing with these is so fun and now i get a second one i totally know how to play with these already like it does such a good job i think onboarding and tutorializing anyone can understand this and have fun with it and i think if you're on a a lower skill level you can probably still you know mostly get by and if you're at a higher skill level you can spend like forever carefully like plotting everything like i spend so much time like i I played 16 hours and i'm only like in that third world because i've been going through it super slowly just thinking of okay well how can i get the most of my jumps and positioning and all of these different factors and i love that it's like so much easier to use like healing abilities in this one because the grit it doesn't have that grid system and you can kind of move until you do your shot um yeah i've been loving this but i i think in a sense it's not the most mind-blowing thing in the industry in that we already know that, hey, Mario Plus Rabbids, great franchise, and now it's, yeah. like, still great, um, which isn't to discount what it's done. Like, I think it's still a fantastic game, um, minus a couple, like, long load times. It is. It and is I feel like it's yeah. not quite as pretty as I wanted it to be. Um, but also, shout out to Edge, the uh, emo Final <laughs> Fantasy character. Yeah, there's Edge. a rabbit that's just the original creation uh, that... At least in the beginning, doesn't seem like it's tied to any Nintendo character. Yes, it has a Buster Sword. And also, like, I am so on board with Edge because when I played with her at the Ubisoft event, they had some of her skill tree unlocked. And, like, the ability to use multiple dashes with her, like, at that preview event, they had that ability scaled up to, like, three dashes. It's like, you just get three free attacks that don't cost you anything to do. That is so ridiculously good. And so I'm sticking with her in a big way. I just got Bowser. And he's interesting, so that's the big debate. Is like, do I keep Bowser or do I swap it back for Rabid Peach, who is also amazing to be able to shoot from cover and also heal. It's like that's that's an incredible I combo. I keep Rabid Peach because of that healing. Yeah. Like, because and then part of me is like, maybe I'm actually not that like. I feel like I'm a god in this game. I'm like, I'm a pro gamer. I've transcended. <laughs> uh-huh. Like I now know years have passed, and I've played a couple tactics games that are not Mario plus Rabbids. But then I'm like, am I actually that good? Because I feel like without Rabid Peach. Is cutting it close in a way that I don't really like. I still don't like using my healing items. So I'm like, we're just going to keep Rabbit Peach forever. Smart. Though Peach with the gunbrella did it first. Take it, take that Devolver Digital. That's right. Um, is also wow. very, very fun. There's always the penguin 
we're gonna go so we yeah honor, that's true honor your ancestors man yeah <laughs> who's the first umbrella someone let us know in the comments please jack the ripper i think yeah i I usually play with normal Peach, and then once my characters take enough damage, I'll switch in uh, Rabid Peach just to heal them afterwards. But, but oh, it, at this time, oh, but I, okay, yeah. But by by this point, I have like five thousand coins, so I could just heal. I don't know why I'm hoarding really? coins. No, keep hoarding it, Jeff. You yeah, never do know I when need you're going to need it. No, uh, I don't yeah. know. You don't need them, and they're fake. This is all fake. It's not real life. But yeah, wait. I, but, I have but another anyway. like another one, another one of those little things that I love is that you. Every time you do a match, you you level up. Like every character gets XP, even the mm-hmm. ones that are have been on your bench the entire game. Mm-hmm. I've never, I have still have not used Luigi at all. But at any point, oh. I could jump in with him, and he'd be at full level with everyone else. And that's that's out. just such a smart, that's such a smart idea. And it's it's kind of like that's what you get from you know kind of a family friendly tactics game. A, a decision where it's like, yeah, you don't have to bring these people up, you know, and then they're going to permadeath or whatever. Like, you can put something in that that makes the game way easier, but it also makes it way more fun. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just a fun forward game as opposed to trying to be super difficult and super thinky. Yeah, and it's interesting. Sometimes it seems like it, it forces you to use those other characters. Like I did one side mission. It's like, okay, for this level, mm. you need to have a sniper. So that's going to be Luigi. And the mission is called Brothers in Arms, where it's just yeah, Mario and Luigi there. It's like, okay, that's pretty good. And I guess Ubisoft yeah. published those at some point. So I guess that's cool. Um, Kyle, you think you'll stick with it? Um, Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's that's the reason I even pause is because it's just like we're getting into that season, Yeah, right? It's like that's going to be the thing that takes me away from it more than the content of the game. I like it. I'm I'm not a big strategy guy. And um but I've I've certainly found a few that I like. The the one the one thing I did want to mention is outside of that combat. I like that a lot too. It actually kind of reminds me of the structure stuff. of like Mario and Luigi a little bit of like just the way you mm, kind of move around yeah. and interact with people and then you get into these fights and they're fun. Um it's it's a good game, man. It's uh, yeah. Like the only reason I won't see it to the to the end is if I just get distracted by other things. Yeah, I think that's going to be a problem for this game for sure. But I think everyone that finds it, hopefully they like it. You know, people were asking in the backstage past here if there's multiple difficulties. Uh, yeah, there is. So up it if you. Uh, they need also to. let us know in the backstage pass that uh, that cane gun umbrellas were patented in like the 1800s. So is that right? I need names. Yeah, I'll be damned. Um, there Show is me the <laughs> there is something notable with this game as well, where it's like, oh, I think it's a really fun, creative strategy game. There is, uh, you know, some personality on top, and I'm not one of these rabid haters. I understand they're designed for kids and whatnot, but this game isn't obnoxiously talky. But every once in a while, it teeters on that edge of like, okay, how many pumpkin spice latte jokes are we gonna squeeze in here, Ubisoft, before we move oh, on like to the, the game? I was curious. You know, and I, I guess I didn't really read through people's reviews, um, admittedly, because I'm still working on my own. But I was wondering, I'm like, I can see people being kind of annoyed by this. Yeah, um, I like I it fine. That. You know, Rabbit Peach has always been like, oh, the basic girl archetype. Like they had her like that forever with like the selfies and all of that. Yeah. But like, which I don't know. We could unpack that. Uh, that maybe sounds great. That, that sounds do, great. But, Let's do it. Um, but I, I don't personally care, right? I'm not looking for big social commentary from this Marvel's <laughs> Rabbids video game. Thank God. Um, I like there's voice acting in it. I think it just adds, it's not, again, if we're going for dumb, it's nice to not have to read all the time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they gave a voice to like Beepo, the robot and stuff, and the Rabbids talk now, but I don't know. It's, I like it's, Beepo. It's all fine. You like Beepo? Yeah, do you not? 
I like his design. Now, if if it was still just a yeah, voiceless robot, yeah, if he was a voiceless robot, I'd be just as enamored by Bebo. I like his voice. Okay, all right. And the other one, one that is the not Bebo, the, the crystal. one he created. The AI crystal. Yeah, it's confusing that they needed two robots in there, but sure, pack it in. Uh, but yeah, Mario plus Red taking on the galaxy. <laughs> there Where's it is. Two robots. Come on, Ben. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't give enough credit. But uh, Sparks of Hope, everybody. Nintendo Switch exclusive. People in the backstage pass were also wondering, like, is it going to be coming to other platforms? I mean, the fact that Kingdom Battle didn't. Uh, no. no, they're not going to let Mario touch Steam, unfortunately. No, that'd be wild though, and would yeah. fix again. I can't. Have, those load times are like ridiculous. Ridiculous load times for everything. Everything. Yeah. Every time we open the menu, and in a game where you're constantly managing menus, it's the first few hours was really hard for me to get acclimated to it personally. Yeah, it's definitely noticeable. Um, but yeah, curious what everybody else thinks about that sucker. But uh, hey, good job Ubisoft. Like you know, they get a lot of crap. We give them a lot of crap, and they deserve it in a lot of ways. Um, but just like yeah, I love the idea that quietly over there for four years they've been working on this like really well done strategy that pop game. Up, like connect your Ubisoft point account. I'm like, go away. You're ruining <laughs> like, my now. time here. Uh, all right, Kyle. Let's get to the star of this freaking show, man. Pilot Wing sixty four. Hey, we we talk about what we're passionate about. Here. Yeah, we're passionate about Bit this. Max, right? I I was yeah. I was struck that of all the games out right now, everybody's drowning, and you're like, this is a good time to go back to Pilot Wing sixty four on <laughs> Nintendo Switch Online. Well, they released it pretty recently. I don't know yeah. exactly when they released it, but it was. I have this. I I like Pilot Wing sixty four a lot because it's very nostalgic for me. It's the one. When I got the N64, like that is kind of what I played predominantly first. So those are my very first N64 memories as Pilot Wing 64. And it's a very difficult game. It continues to be a difficult game. I could never beat it yeah. uh, as a child. And uh, just something, I don't, it's weirdly the N64 game the, that I've played the most on Switch, despite what? Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time both existing on that platform. But I, I did get one of the the wireless N64 controllers um, last year. I, I, you know, shout out to Wario64 who shared a link and I actually got one. And so I charged it up and I played through and beat Pilot Wing 64 for Congratulations. the first time in my life. Yeah, it was this weird like childhood achievement that I couldn't do on my own. I and get like, it. And that game is like that game has some weird stuff. Like they have, there's like a, like a mode, some that'll pop up sometimes where one of the eight characters in the game is just a giant robot walking around and you have to shoot it with missiles. And it makes this like horrifying guttural <laughs> scream every time you hit it. And that's like, hit that thing three times. That's a mission. <laughs> and um, it's just, I, I, I just really liked how kind of weird it was. And also how, how, um, big like the little a the areas are there's one area that is just like a uh, a version of the united states and you can what? even see some of like um uh like iconic buildings and stuff like that and and like if you play enough you can actually unlock like you know a mode where you just have wings and you can fly around this big open version of the united states on the n64 a launch title on the Weird. n64 and it's so it's like technically impressive, even if the character models are just absolute garbage, just <laughs> terrible. They were just like my my uh, 11 year old saw them and she was just like, those are horrifying. I don't know what I'm even looking at. But um, yeah, time. I just I was it was it was fun to revisit it because it's a really strange game and it was really fun to actually beat it. Like I finally had the skills as an adult to beat it and uh, it runs surprisingly well. Like I, really? I was like. Was this with the frame rate back in the day? Because it feels like a solid 60, which 
it might have been at the time. I just, you know, I don't, I don't know. Goldeneye runs at like five, so I'm surprised to see Pilot Wings run as well. If you had remote mines in Pilot Wings, though, it also just completely crapped the bed. Um, I feel like I need to go back to it. It's such a weird experimental time. We always look back to, well, Super Mario 64 for Nintendo learning to develop games in 3D and stuff and design them. But yeah, maybe we should focus more on Pilot Wings 64 because I mean, I rented it back in the day and messed around a little bit and I was like, okay, I don't really understand what I'm doing, but it's cool to be in flying around in 3D and that was like the extent of it. So I wonder as an adult, like, is it a smart game or is it just a weird experimental thing? I I think it's more on the weird experimental thing. Like it's it's well done. Like it controls well and like it is cool to like use the jetpack and there's like missions where you have to like go through a cave without hitting the walls and, and it controls well and it feels good. But it's just like it's the perfect like N64 game to be on Switch because yeah. it's like it's just fun to go back and see what that like literally first week of the Nintendo 64 looked like. And then it's just also has like you can if you like dig deep enough, you can find some weird stuff in that game uh, that I really liked. So, yeah, yeah, it's just, it was like it weirdly got its hooks into me all these years later. I, I had a very similar experience like two months ago because I did the exact same thing with the Super Nintendo pilot wings. And went what? back and beat it, beat it for the first time too. Which what I can the hell? As a kid. Oh wow! Yeah, because and the the Super Nintendo Pilot Wings. I don't know if any of you remember, but you play That's through like all. Yeah, you play through all of the different you know plane and jetpack and everything, and then at the end it just becomes a helicopter mission because like your instructor got got like abducted by some military, and then it becomes a top down shooter that is impossible. Because you're trying to fly a helicopter and it's just bullets everywhere. So I had to use make copious use of like the rewind function on that. Yeah. But I finally finally beat it. I could never do it as a kid. Wow. So. We so we both beat these like childhood pilot wing games. These old pilot wings <laughs> games. Yes. You know what? Funny. I forgot. Last week I went back and I played Pilot Wings Resort on the 3DS because I never <laughs> finished it. And I actually went all the way through it and it was great. Yeah, there you go. Uh, what about you, Janet? Which one? Which Pilot Wings game did you? Yeah, claim a fourth. We dare you. I so many man, so many options uh-huh. run through my head right now. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. You don't I have did, to. I did get a we couldn't possibly. Like, oh, I wish. I wish they'd made a sequel to Pilot Wings '64. My response was like, Pilot Wings Resort, man. Come Go on. to Woohoo Island. It's <laughs> sitting there for forget. you. Hey, uh, speaking of Woohoo, um. Kyle, uh, you had news this week that shocked the world, confused the world, um, then the world applauded you. Um, do you want to reveal your what news here? This week? <laughs> I, I, question. I, I think you're referring to the fact that I decided to, to rejoin Game Informer magazine. Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. I'm not talking about other 64 games you went back to play yeah or maybe it's just leaving GameSpot. was that maybe that's the news that you're talking about? i think everything is shocking uh when you first told yeah. me about this i was shocked and also it's a weird feeling kind of tickled by it like sure yep let's just keep this loop going with the game informer uh our sister outlet at this point sure let's just make it a grayer line between us why not yeah sure i mean it is weird it's a weird thing i didn't expect to go back but like i had great discussions with reiner right before he left and matt miller editor-in-chief now and um yeah i'm excited to be back i mean i even it's a weird thing to go into the back end of that website and be like oh i remember how all this works okay okay yeah. i remember how all this works um i know it's all updated it oh i'm the we, they they we they did a I'm massive update, updated, updated. right before you know we all 
<laughs> we're not there anymore. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, Margaret over there and the rest of the the team really pulled through and designed a much, 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 much better website. So yeah, it's got to be nice to go back to it. What's been the most surreal thing about going back to Game Informer Kyle? Um, I mean, honestly, like, like going, like posting a story on the site, which yeah. I finally did my first one today. Like that was strange. It's, it really just came back to me instantly. I also like went back. I had a, 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 a story on the site that was like my top tens through the years that I had been tracking. Right. First thing I did when I went and had access was go and update that story to add all the, <laughs> all my top tens for the years that I had missed. And traffic exploded. Um, yeah, I guess Why? Did you go back? I think is a question. What's well, a good? So the it's a good title. It's a good. It's like a promotion from my previous job at Gamespot. Which, right. which to be clear, I had a great time at Gamespot. I really enjoyed it there, and I actually um, did not know about the fandom transition when I was oh, sort of sure. making my decisions to change over. Like I leave on good terms. I really had a great time at Gamespot, but. Um, just this, I mean, the big thing was this opportunity came along that I felt like was worth pursuing and was exciting. So I decided to go for it. Go for that title. Yeah. Um, and just to yeah. be clear, what does this mean for you on MinMax stuff? I will still be involved in MinMax basically as much as my schedule allows. Um, yeah. I mean, same amount that you've been doing in the past and imagine that's my, my plan. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this. Like I want to yeah. try to still be on the, the game, the show every week. You know, you were going to call it the um, Game Informer show, weren't you? I, know, I was almost. You I, I monster! Rush right You're already that. polluted and corrupted by those monsters uh, over there. Gosh. But that's that's my my hope. Obviously, there's going to be I there's you know there'll be instances where I'm I'm busy or have stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I mean the plan right now is to basically maintain a consistency of like how much I've been involved here going forward. Yeah, so. right on. And Jeff, I'm took your old job at uh, GameSpot, and I am now an executive at GameStop. Oh. Just so everybody's clear oh, on where we're all standing. Perfect. Yeah, great. That works out perfectly. I'm so <laughs> glad you're there, handsome. Yep, absolutely. Uh, hey, Kyle, can I talk to you real quick about this game that I think you're the only person on Earth that'll care about? Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, can I talk to you about Dragon Ball: The Breakers a little bit? Oh yes, of course. Right. <laughs> By that I mean Dragon Ball: The Breakers. Everybody, <laughs> truly the worst name for a game maybe released this year. Um, this, That's not true. Uh, it's it's not attractive as a name. I will I'll give it that. They in the what first about that half so of and so it, summer vacation thing. Uh, various day life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. I'll take, at least. Yeah. Anyways, Dragon Ball the Breakers. This is the seven v one Dragon Ball game. It's Dragon Ball Dead by Daylight, where you're seven humans running around this world trying to hide from Frieza or Cell or Boo. And trying to activate a time machine or to transform in one of the Z fighters and fight them. It is, it's one of those games, Kyle. And absolutely fair to critique me because I got this game for free. Uh, you know, Bandai Namco uh, sent a code over, which is very nice. Um, but it feels like one of those games where like, I don't even want to look at reviews for this. I know it's going to be a janky <laughs> weird thing. And I am fully on board for this weird experience of jumping in. And it, it gave me what I wanted, which is like... Actually being in an environment, being in West City, Kyle, and you're just some random schmuck um, and like crawling around through caves and like hiding under a tree as imperfect cell like flies over your head and you're actually scared of cell for the first time in a video game. It's not just like some fighting game or some, you know, brawler or something. It's like, okay, I'll beat him up, whatever, whatever, like to actually feel scared, like, oh, crap. If Frieza finds me, I will die and I will be out this round. Like to have some of those battle royale-esque 
emotions in a Dragon Ball world. Look, it's not a good game, but I like it, man. I really enjoyed my time with this. It's funny. I I don't think I realized it until you said it. Like, I don't even want to look at reviews. I just love Dragon Ball kind of. I, I paid for it with my own money and, and, and like it's a rare thing that I do where like I did not look I didn't research at all I was like this game's 20 bucks yep I'm buying this thing <laughs> yeah it's 20 bucks and it definitely it feels like one of those games that they could flip a switch and turn into a free to play game at some point like there's a battle pass in it and stuff and there's a lot of people uh, well, the there's Steam microtransactions reviews. in there there's microtransactions sure. um, and so people are upset about you know the rate that the stuff unlocks for the battle pass and all that stuff but like I don't really care about all that nonsense. I don't really care about the cosmetics in a big way. Um, I mean, I'm not going to spend more than 20 hours with this game this year, but like, you know, I played it with... It's a lot of time. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, I'm just like, I booted up with my friends Grant and Ronnie and we laughed a couple times and had a decent time with this. Um, so, yeah, it's it feels like it's in the same camp as another game, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, where it's like both these games, they just, at this point, a game like this, got to be on Game Pass. Any sort of asymmetric, asymmetrical multiplayer game, what are you going to, are you going to convince, like, for Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, which is... Well, to be clear, I did just say I bought the game, like, sight unseen because of the license. No, you did, I know, but also, like... That's you, Kyle. You're not playing... you would have too, Ben. You would have too. I don't know if I would have if I didn't have friends that were willing to play. I'll be honest, I don't think we can speak for the people in a lot of ways. For the Dragon Ball fans of the world. Yeah, but maybe for, like, the people listening, which is good enough, right? Like, that's all that really matters. I I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, I I agree with you about the Game Pass thing for sure, but the thing that brings it, the thing that raises it is the license. Ghostbusters, Dragon Ball, you know? Yeah, yeah, but I think just... For more, Kyle, we talked about it last week, right? You're not into the multiplayer experiences in a big way, but that is certainly the hook of these games. You can play them by yourself, but you're going to diminish your fun in a huge way, right? Um, and so even for Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, like if you're a big Ghostbusters fan, it's like, hey, there's this new 4v1 Ghostbusters game that's supposed to be pretty good. What are you going to convince four of your friends to go out and buy this? At, and then all coordinate at the same time? I just feel like it's a tough sell and that's why I think both these games are just ripe for Game Pass. I think for it, any an large player sell, count game, if you will. That's right. Yeah. It it was a tough sell when Evolve did it like ten yes. years ago. Yep. And, yep. And everyone's copying that format now. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, Ghostbusters: Spirits Unleashed. Let's zoom out a little bit. So, this is a new game from Ilphonic, um, who are the developers of that Friday the Thirteenth game before they lost the license and had to stop developing it in a weird way. And then also Predator: Hunting Grounds, which came out a couple years ago, and we all said, oh. That's, that's better than I thought. We played that, right? Jeff and Kyle, I think you were probably there, right? We did, yeah. Um, yeah, so this is 4v1 Ghostbusters game. Um, very, very early impressions. Uh, Brian Vore, uh, I played with a little bit. Um, and so, I mean, I played it for probably like an hour or something like that. And it's like, oh, this is, this is about what you'd want if you wanted an asymmetrical Ghostbusters game. First person, go around, trap the ghost. One player's the ghost. You fight against them. It's like everything feels good. But I kind of had this experience after like just, you know, that little bit that I played of this is what you'd want if you made one of those Ghostbusters games, but it's just not really that exciting anymore. As somebody who likes Ghostbusters, I'm not Ghostbusters fanatic. I think I can speak for a large swath of this world that likes Ghostbusters just fine um, and has some passion for it. But still, it's like, all right, they technically did this. I don't know who this is really for unless you're gaga for Ghostbusters. Has anybody else seen this or tried it at all? Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed? 
Not yet. Haven't had time. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, there's a lot going on right now. So. Also, like Greg did voice acting in that game, That's so right. there's my caveat anyway. So. That's right. But, but I, I, I do plan on playing it just just to hang out. Like my boyfriend wants to try it out. Yeah. Kind of funny. Is Greg Miller? Yeah. He's he. Mm -hmm. They were paid to stream it, and also he's a voice actor in it. But he did give it a four out of five. I saw on the games cast. So. <laughs> No, but he, he was very clear for all those disclaimers. Like, yeah. all, that, all that is very clear, but I would give it a four out of five, which for a fan like him, even though he's in yeah. it, like that that makes sense, right? Like, if, you, if you've always wanted that experience of busting ghosts, here you go. This seems like a solid one if you want to do it I'm, in I'm excited setting. for this to be the, also the first time I engage with anything that's Ghostbusters because I've never seen Ghostbusters. Oh, don't so do that. So I think it's going to be really funny to play it with, like, no context. I'll let y'all know what I do, what I think. Oh, God. Um... That's going to be bizarre. Kyle, uh, you saw Ghostbusters Afterlife, right? Yes. The best thing. I think. Okay. The best <laughs> Which is thing my that this, <laughs> The best thing that this game does so far in the early stages, but walking around the firehouse is, is very cool. Like oh, that's, that's, cool. that's a real thrill. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also it turns out that uh, Dan Aykroyd's uh, bookstore, uh, it turns out that's right next door. Kyle, just in case you're curious about it. Um, it, it turns out it was right next door to the firehouse the entire time. I gotta go watch confusing. Ghostbusters too. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, it's it's a little odd, but I guess gameplay-wise they gotta do it. But anyways, the funniest thing is in the intro for this game, they try to explain the confusing line in Ghostbusters Afterlife, and this is very geeky, so please forgive me, but in Ghostbusters Afterlife, Dan Aykroyd's character is like, ah, yeah, the old fire hall where we used to be Ghostbusters. They turned it into a Starbucks. And then like, Spoilers for the post credit scene for Ghostbusters Afterlife. They show Winston going to it and like opening it back up like Ghostbusters are back in business and it's not a Starbucks. So it's like, did they just film that after the fact, but they didn't want to change that line earlier on in the film. And so in this, they actually have Dan Aykroyd um, and Ernie Hudson in there. And Dan Aykroyd has a line where he's like, yeah, it was a high end coffee shop for a little bit. Then they turned it back to the old fire yeah, I mean, station. I feel like that's implied by that. I mean, you're just, I, I'm going based off you describing a scene to a thing I've never seen. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's a some, big leap. That's a big leap. <laughs> that's some asterisk on there. No, but it sounds like what that is. No, like, I don't know, they went no, back and changed it again. No, it was like, confusing. I feel like it's pretty clear. It's it past or anything like that. It's, it's weird. It was very confusing for Ghostbusters fans in that film. Exactly what the Starbucks was timeline the big was. Had? That was number the, one complaint. Point? Absolutely number one complaint. Um, all right, uh, Kyle. Kyle, um, thank you for being here. Anything else you want to say before you clap the hell out of here? Uh, no. Um, bye. All right, bye, Kyle. <laughs> Leo Vader coming oh, into wow. play. Uh, yeah, thanks for getting Kyle out of here, man. That was uncomfortable. Oh, sorry I couldn't come sooner. I know. I get how, I get how you feel. Um, welcome, Leo. You could talk about anything under the sun right now that really the world's your oyster, but... Um, you Let's seem... talk politics. <laughs> Let's do it. Give us <laughs> that ballot sample. Um, hey, pff, speaking of controversy, like politics, this Overwatch 2 game. Whoa. <laughs> 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 well, well, um, Kyle, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Kyle 2. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, is this going well? Leo, what have you, what have you done to this show, man? <laughs> <laughs> I brought politics into it. Yeah, I told it, you like, not to put the cat back on. Um, Leo, do you want to talk about Overwatch 2? Sure. Awesome. Great. Thank Why you for not? dabbling with this thing. I feel bad that I haven't really dove in to, to check it out. I feel bad that I have dove in to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> really? What was your experience like? We got like? all our bases covered. I really do enjoy playing it. It is fun. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, it's but there's a gun to your head. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's like it's just it's obvious it is tuned to be really satisfying to win at and for you to chase that right you know and obviously the store is terrible everything's overpriced probably shouldn't even mention this game without addressing that but i'm not super interested in talking about that my issue with that game is like it's super fun to win because all the dopamine clickers are popping off you're getting the sound effects you're getting the lights flashing and stuff it feels good to roll a team but it's like i just don't think it's that good of a actual multiplayer game i feel like a, a really good multiplayer game like Siege or a lot of Battle Royales, it's like you can have fun when you're losing yeah. by doing clever things or getting like, oh, at least I got that one guy or like I can try this new thing and I can at least learn something from losing. But I feel like that component just isn't there in Overwatch. It's just like focused on having these same fights and these same choke points on these really linear maps and... It's fun when you're winning and that's what you're chasing all the time. But if you're having if you're losing, like you can have fun be if you're goofing off with your friends and talking about something else. But yeah. like that will have nothing to do with the game. I mean, it sounds like you could just be reviewing Overwatch one. Is it same emotions you have with Overwatch one or these updates even exacerbated exacerbated it? I think it is a little better. Probably the, the five players versus six. The fights don't last as long and there's maybe a little more you can do. Uh, by yourself, especially in like mystery heroes or the goofier yeah. modes. I think overall it is probably more fun that way, but it really has gotten me thinking about it of like, is this a multiplayer or is this like a specific type of fight that they tested and knew was fun and want to get you in as much as possible? That's weird. Does anybody have a sense of like where the overall community is at? Obviously a lot of launch struggles and stuff, but is it picking up steam or people picking it up with the free-to-play nature of this and warming up to it at this point or the headlines i saw have been like there's 30 million people playing it but every opinion piece i've seen is like oh they killed bastion and now he's terrible or i i'm trying to have fun with the game but it won't let me or those opinions of those nature yeah yeah charles davis wrote in over on patreon um and they say, Blizzard have said that they're aiming for Overwatch 2 to be a regularly updated live game that will rival giants like Destiny. Do they really say that? The PvP element is still the best out there, in my opinion, but a little tired overall. What do you think the PvE content that's coming up needs to do to meet their actual design goals for this thing? Hmm, I mean, their ambitions are lofty. They're talking about it being as forever as Overwatch, right? In right. terms of how much time you can put into it? Yeah. It has to be more than a horde mode. And, yes. And actually give people who aren't interested in the PvP a reason to come and play it. And I'm, I mean, that's my answer because that's the camp I'm in. But I just, for the, for the exact reason that Leo is mentioning, although I never really thought of it that way, but that is absolutely my problem with the PvP in that game is that if you're not on a good team, you're not having fun, or at least I'm not. And so, PVE sounds much more interesting to me and much more enticing, but if it is just stand in this spot and shoot a hundred robots as they come in and that's kind of yeah. as far of like the creative space that we figured out for it, then I'm that's not doing it for me either. Like there's gotta be there's gotta be something more to it than that. Yeah. I mean they're they're talking a big game. I think they definitely have um they got a lot of wiggle room. They really need to impress us after the launch of Overwatch 2. And again, I haven't played it yet, but just 
loving that first game and everything I've seen of Overwatch 2, it's like, I, I feel like I'd just be going back to that first game. So I don't see any mm-hmm. bold reinvention here, and maybe they're saving all that for PvE. Um, I but played I don't... PvE like three years ago. Was it three years ago? It's yeah. For the Game Informer Blizzard cover story? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I was uh, kind of uh, apprehensive about it because the PvE events in Overwatch 1, they always sound so fun and then they get get boring really quickly. And yeah. I think that was just because the enemies were really uh, bland. And I think that is a problem they absolutely had fixed when I played it. Like, the way you're interacting with enemies is so much better. Breaking certain parts of them and, like, taking them out more strategically, having that matter a little bit more. But who can say, because it was three years ago now and it still hasn't yeah, come out. Fairly remember. different. I mean, do you think you'll keep playing this, Leo? Or was it a little experiment with friends and then wrapping up? Uh, if my friends are still playing it, I'll still play it. It's yeah. the type of thing where if we can get a five stack going, we will have a good time. And we do usually win because if we play unranked modes and we're a five stack and we don't go up against a lot of five stacks. But it, it's yeah, that is the fun because, yeah, we're having fun goofing off talking about other things when we're losing. But if I were just playing by myself, like, I don't know what would keep me playing. It has obviously different, but it has like weird shades of like the Horizon Forbidden West review discussion. You know what I mean, Janet? Where it's like everything sounds kind of defeated and negative about when people talk about this game, but it's like. Well, no, I mean, it's a really well-made game, and it's good, and I have fun playing it, but, you know. <laughs> was like, that Forbidden West? I feel, I like, feel like that was yeah. not what people said about that game. Uh, right, I think, if anything, it's the more apt comparison of probably Splatoon 3, mm, things like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. FIFA every year. I have yeah. this conversation every single year. I mean, And yeah. it's great every time. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it, but I feel like Splatoon 3 is getting a warmer reception out there. I don't know too many people that are burned by being too close? I think so, but that's because um, the bar is on the floor. And even yeah. though sometimes they still limbo a little bit under it, we're like, we can play with our friends now. Like, that's yeah. where Nintendo multiplayer is. So You're I right. feel like the fact that that is something that works si- three games into the franchise, and we're like, this is a, for the first time ever, I can play with the three people in my living room. It actually functions. <laughs> you yeah, know? It's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Overwatch oh, by the 2, way, everybody. I changed oh, my yeah. mind. I do want to say one thing about the store in yes. Overwatch 2. Please, please, please. If, if you grind all your weeklies for 10 months, you get enough currency to purchase one legendary skin. All right. 10 months. That's pretty brutal. Sweet. And they look cool? <laughs> oh, and they're epic. All right. Hell yeah. That's what we like to hear. That's uh, all about. Hey, Jeff, um, what are we all about, man? Tell me. Tell me, dude. What? Just tell me, like, how this whole thing operates and what we're all about. Well, you didn't say the line. That's the line you're supposed to say, and then I'm supposed to come up with something like... Oh, forbid me for not sticking to this Overwatch 2 legendary skins, right? Is that... (laughs) Yeah, and then I say, no, Jeff, it's patreon.com slash minmax with two N's. Uh, Follow that link. There's a link in the description for you. Check out the benefit that's right for you. Help support us. We'd appreciate it. We're coming up on our third anniversary, everybody. We hit three years. Uh, very exciting times. That's all thanks to Patreon supporters. So thank you all for being there and unlocking those benefits and saying hi in the Discord, finding that nice community, helping to build that nice community. We appreciate it. And thank you to some fine folks that are helping us as well, like Leader Games. They want everybody to know about Ahoy. They're the creators of Root, which uh, is a beloved asymmetrical, kind of the theme of the episode, tabletop experience. And Ahoy is an asymmetrical tabletop game uh, for two to four players. That's all about 
controlling the seas, but then also the third and fourth player are smugglers and they're running items back and forth in the territory that the other players are controlling, therefore affecting the value of the territories that the first two players are controlling. Leo's nodding because he knows that this is a good pitch for a game. It, it works That's out. Cool. It is cool. Uh, the game is called Ahoy. It is much more accessible than Root. You can check that out. It's coming out soon from Leader Games. And we've been giving away copies throughout the entire month. And so this week, you can win a free copy of Ahoy, if you're in the US only, I'm sorry, uh, by following MinMax on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at MinMax Show. Not only do we have a daily video telling you exactly what's going on behind the scenes at MinMax, where you can hold us accountable for uh, the Patreon support, make sure we're working hard for you. Um, but then also we have a bunch of behind the scenes pictures and stuff like that, but then there will be an Ahoy specific post on there with instructions on how to get in the running to win a copy of Ahoy. And thank you to our friends who are back in town, everybody. You know who I'm talking about. Fixture- The friends are back in town. That's right. Fixture Gaming, everybody. They want you to know about the Fixture S1. Jeff, do you remember this little ditty? I do. The Fixture S1, everybody. It is a clip that you put onto your Nintendo Switch Pro controller, and then you can slide the screen onto it so you can play with the greatest Switch controller on the go. Just get rid of that Joy-Con drift. You don't need any of that. Play with the good controller, everybody. And it's very convenient. It's adjustable, so you can slide things around to make it comfortable and ergonomically beautiful, dare I say. The Fixture S1, you can check that out. Also, you can get the sleek carrying case for the Fixture S1. You can find links below. Check them out at fixturegaming.com or they're also available on Amazon. But if you like playing the Switch on the go, but you're looking for a more convenient and comfortable way to do it you can check out the fixture s1 now janet i know what you're saying right now that's right you're saying but what about my switch oled uh how are they going to support that is it a different you know thing me so well that's, that's right exactly what i'm saying even though i don't own one well hey i know you're asking to have folks looking out for that uh the fixture s2 everybody this is a mount that fits with your nintendo switch oled model they have done it they have an early edition out now but the fixture s2 will be launching and they're releasing the date for that soon but they want everybody to know that there is a special promo code everybody if you go to fixturegaming.com and use the promo code MINMAX. MINMAX, two ends, of course. You get $5 off of your order and you will receive the custom MINMAX show skin for the Fixture S1. They made these, which is very cool. But you have to get it before October 24th. So if you want the custom MinMax skin, you can use the promo code MinMax, get $5 off the Fixture S1. So follow that link below, check it out, help support them because they're supporting us in a big, bad way. And it's nice to have them back. Also, speaking of nice to have them back, we have IM8Bit. They're still here, everybody. They want everybody to know about their new throwback experience game. Not experience, it's a game, everybody, for the NES called Garbage Pale Kids Mad, Mi uh, Mad Mike and the Quest for Stale Gum. This is a new game that they they are creating, publishing specifically, uh, and you can play it on your original NES. It is an IM8 bit exclusive cartridge and it looks awesome. So they're making it as if it is a long lost Garbage Pail Kids game because they do cool stuff like this. So you can check that out at IM8 bit's wonderful online store. And if you go to that store, you can use the promo code this month Serial Monsters. Serial Monsters for 10% off everything under $100. There's no space in Serial Monsters. Jump in there, check it out, and help support them by checking out IM8Bit's official wonderful online store because they support our community in a big bad way. Yes, Jeffum? 
Hanson, is that cereal like the food or cereal like a cereal murderer? It's cereal, as in cereal Vasquez. Uh, no, cereal oh. as in the food. Cereal monsters, everybody, is the promo code for 10% off. Um, but they are shipping out the Battletoads vinyl soundtrack to a member of the MinMax community, specifically a Patreon supporter who also submitted a question for this podcast. Each and every week, you can submit a question for this podcast over on Patreon if you're a supporter, even at that $2 tier. <laughs> and then I'm 8-Bit ships out something wonderful to you. Um, so, whoever has the best question will win this Battletoads vinyl. Is that clear, Leo? Yes, sir. That's right. Now, let's absorb these questions and give them what they want, which is a little fun and a little info. That's the secret to a good <laughs> podcast. Uh, Matthew Porter writes in and says, Hey, Min Max crew, if you could quote unquote shuffle any game, what would you choose? By the way, shuffling a game means erasing any released game to see what else could have been created by that team and studio given the same budget, development timeline, release date, etc. You don't have to, you don't have any say in what might be created in the old game's place. Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights. So, <laughs> okay, so is this just like... It's not here yet. <laughs> is it just a chaos theory idea? If you can't give them any indication of what you want, you just want to, like, hit the reboot thing and just see it's if like the chips fall. Yeah. for the game. Just see yeah. if it would maybe nudge in a different way somehow. I just feel like the answer is definitely going to be something uh, branded, something superhero-y probably. I know. Like for me, the easy thing, the thing I thought of first is like, oh, the Avengers game, if it wasn't a living game. But I don't how many, how many times do you have to like shuffle that game before? But it might not, in my mind, that might not even be an Avengers game. It's just budget and time and they just make a totally different game. Mm. Yeah. That's how I read, heard the question. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's good. Yeah, do you have one in mind then, Janet? Um, I guess for that, it'd have to just be a game I did not like think was very good. So the first thing I thought of was the medium or that um <laughs> because I just named those games. Um, yeah, I'm trying to you know Recore is another popular one, but I wouldn't want them to re-roll that. I just want them to redo it. Recore. I liked all the ideas. Yeah, and but even maybe like, they could re they could re-roll fourth though, and I would save myself a lot of pain from the years prior. So that that could be a, good, a thing. I uh, I started up Recore within the last year. I was like, you know what? I'm going to show off what this Xbox Series X can do. To go I'm back gonna, or as a first? Yeah, it was my first time playing it. Yeah, I oh. always I always wanted to. It's one of those games. It's like I think this one can be redeemed. I think there might be enough good ideas in there. And it's like I had a fine time for the hour that I went back and played it, but you know I didn't keep going with it for my full redemption story on Recore, but. It seemed cool. Inafune was involved for Mega Man fame, you know. There's a lot of cool ideas in that game yeah. that just do not come together. Yeah. The and final now, boss bugged out for me also. There's a lot There's a lot okay. there. <laughs> and now that studio's owned by Facebook, so all hail Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Jeff, Who rolls for that one? <laughs> <laughs> what would you shuffle up, Jeff? Um, I also misunderstood uh, the question the first <laughs> well, one. Well, it's open to but interpretation. It made more, it may, I understood the way Janet said once you read the whole thing out loud this time. So yeah. maybe um, the new Saints Row. Just oh, see what else Volition can make. Good answer. Yeah. yeah. Or even go back in time and do Agents of Mayhem. Just like, yeah, just try something else. Just no matter what it is. No. Reroll yeah. Saints Row and have oh. it be Agents of Mayhem too. The way it should have been, Volition. Yeah. Yeah, Matthew Porter says, for me, I would shuffle Death Stranding. I don't think it's a bad game by any means, but it just didn't click with me. And I'd throw it in the randomizer to see what else Kojima might have created. Uh, well, yeah, now you're getting that new game with L Fanning. It's a weird thing. Um, uh, Jared Meyer in the comments just said Mass Effect Andromeda 2. 
just see what else Bioware Montreal could have made. Yeah. Uh, Oozing Neon uh, says, Hey, Min Maxaroonies! Every Halloween, I like to schedule out a month worth of spooky movies to watch, usually trying to tackle franchises I haven't experienced before. This year, I watched all of Paranormal Activity and a large chunk of Dario Argento's Italian horror movies. Do y'all like scheduling out your fun media consumption like this? Am I nuts for doing this? No, Oozing Neon. You're like one of the crazy people who do all the killings in your movie. (laughs) (laughs) You need to be stopped. You said that it's the delivery that did it. Um, No, I think it's cool. Like I've always wanted to do something like that. It's just for me, I have a unofficial rule that I can't have too many things just scheduled. I just feel like it makes life very stiff. Oh, now you're an anti-calendar. I see how it is, Janet. <laughs> well, it's because because I use the calendar. Now, you have no excuse. You should be scheduling out every second of everything outside of I've been scheduling! I've been scheduling! <laughs> Hanson, what movie do I watch this weekend? Can you put oh, it on the calendar? Yeah, yeah, Beetlejuice. Uh, just put it down. I just saw that for the first time a few days ago. Are you serious? How'd it yes, go? Yes, I am serious. What do you think? Um, go easy, go easy. Interesting. Um, why do you feel the need to say that? Is it because you know that it can't stand on its own? Because your no. caveat is more damning than anything I was going to say. It's just, I, <laughs> I love Beetlejuice so much. And I went back and watched it uh, within the last couple of years. And it was like, man, I forgot, first of all, how little Beetlejuice is in it. And also, That's what everyone says. Yep. And then number two is like, I forgot about all the uh, pervy creep town stuff. The That's yeah. so, that was... My big things were, I didn't even realize it was a movie. I thought it was a musical. Um, oh, my so I was like, God. Oh, this isn't a musical? Great, because I don't like musicals. So this works out they for me. They were rapping the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, okay. So I was sitting there, and I'm like, are they, when are they going to start singing? And then they kind of do. So then it's like, but then they don't for the rest of it. Um, I had no idea, no idea what it was about. I only knew um, that he wears a suit that's striped yep. and that there's a worm. That's all I knew about this movie. That's what the um, pitch was. But yeah, yeah. the... The sex pest perv stuff was very shocking. I'm like, oh my god, this is a PG movie. Yeah, that's wild. Um, it's I think it's an intriguing take on the afterlife, um, and it's fun to see like what special effects look like in that era. But yeah. I wouldn't say it's like a good movie. Okay, but it's like All Halloween right. time, so it's like you know we're here. I'm here for the festivities. Is Pet Cemetery <sighs> good? I don't know. I'm not a film critic. I liked watching it because I have a cat. Like you know, uh, help me out. I mean. That's fair. I am normally in the camp of let the past die. Stuff that we liked in our childhood might actually be bad. Normally, that's the the track I take. But Beetlejuice is a good movie, right? That, I mean, <laughs> we could still. I understand you might maybe didn't you like float it? your boat. What's that, Leo? But maybe if you like it, it's different, right? I think yeah. that's where I'm going. I mean, I'm willing to admit that, like Ghostbusters, I could see how somebody watching that for the first time now might be like, "Eh, that's fine," but like. Beetlejuice is cool. It's still fun. It's still funny. Okay, maybe not. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. It's, in- it's worth it's checking out. It's weird. Yes. Well, again, I don't weird. like. I don't care. Like, it's just a movie. Like, I don't what? have the. You don't care. Yeah, just your no, job is to care about these types of things. You're not it? changing your entire life because you watch Beetlejuice. Yeah. Come on, about movies, y'all. You want to see me have the opinion? This is it. Right yeah. here, for Beetlejuice. Like, I don't know. I don't think it was good, but like, who cares? Like, I care deeply. I mean, I, on that, you clearly. Uh, on I that didn't note. know. Like, you're like my cousin's Beetlejuice, and I'll have you know. <laughs> no, and I, did you write on this movie, Ben? It feels like I did, but uh, it was 30 when it was made. <laughs> that's right. No, the uh, I recently watched the Adams Family movie from 1991 because there was like, um, uh-huh. 
you know, we have been watching a lot of movies on our projector outside, and there's like one last warm day in Minnesota. She's like, okay, let's have an encore. Let's have everybody over and we'll watch Adam's Family. And that's one that I'd only seen bits and pieces of. So that's an example of a 1991 old movie they went and watched for the first time. I was like, I think that movie's great. I really loved it. I mean, it's just so much of just beating the same drum of this family is dark. <laughs> Isn't it shocking how dark they are? But uh, in a comedic way, I'll never get sick of that joke. Always funny. Uh, so that's like the most I think I've really done for mapping out horror stuff this week outside of min-max content, I guess. So what's Leo watching then? Beetlejuice, right? God, I hope so. I watched Rush Hour recently. I enjoyed that. Hell yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Holds up. I will say to this question, I think it's a great idea to schedule this stuff out because it's like important to make time for horror movies in October because it's kind of objectively the best time to watch them. Right. It really is a, a perfect vibe. Yeah. Yeah, and how Especially often... if you can see jack-o'-lanterns in the lawn across the street from your window like I can. That's right. It's the only I... time that the stuff can really happen. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The barriers between our worlds are very thin in October. Yeah. Yep. I'll never look at my cat the same. I don't know about y'all. How's your jack-o'-lantern, Jeff? Um, if you missed it for new show plus, Jeff and I had a oh, pumpkin carving competition. It it rotted so fast. It's out <laughs> really? on the step now and it's it has been melting. I don't I don't understand what is it hot? What happened? Where you guys are? It's not not even no. really. We we had one day that got up to like eighty degrees, which I think was the day that we carved them. Yeah. Um, but it's, and I, I think a squirrel chewed into it too. <laughs> so I don't, as soon as I put it one. outside, it was, it, it was already, we looked at it. It was on the kitchen table for like three days. And then both my wife and I looked at it randomly and it was just like, there was mold like growing all across its mouth and face, which made it spookier. But yeah. then it was also like, okay, get it the hell out of the house. <laughs> um, uh, so. Victor Pham writes in and they say, hey, is the internet... Sorry, Janet, did I move on too quickly? No, I'm just like... That was a like, perfect just, segue. Just continue. Okay, thank you. Don't mind me. Victor writes in, is the internet too quick to jump to conclusions? No, they seem pretty reasonable. No, yeah, they're... Not. Absolutely not. Um, okay, so is the internet too quick to jump to conclusions? When Helena Taylor came forward with a video about why she was no longer playing the role of Bayonetta, the internet mob was ready to tear Nintendo and Platinum to shreds. But then with new information from Bloomberg, we now know that she was not telling the whole story about what she was offered and the initial outrage now seems justified. Okay, this is this is a weird saga. I remember last week on this podcast, we were talking about Bayonetta 3 with Jacob Geller. And I was like, oh, are, are people up in arms about the voice actor stuff? And he's like, ah, no, I think it, I think it's fine. And then, like, right after that episode <laughs> dropped, the internet exploded because the original voice actress for Bayonetta 1 and 2, she went on Twitter and she said, hey, they offered me $4,000 to voice this entire game, F them, boycott Bayonetta 3, and then everyone picked it up and ran with it in huge ways. And my reaction was a reaction I saw a couple other people have as well of just, like, Wait, so they got Jennifer Hale, one of the greatest voice actors of all time, to replace it? Like, is the implication she did it for under $4,000? That doesn't check out. Um, so, Janet, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm picking up the pieces. Then it seems like Bloomberg and other folks have reported that they have seen the actual paperwork, and it turns out that um, she was offered $4,000 per session, and then there were multiple sessions totaling something Five like... sessions. Okay. Um, and then uh, Kamiya, the creator of uh, Devil May Cry and Bayonetta, he got on Twitter and said that the actor was not telling the truth. And then his Twitter he account disappeared. Right? It was a subtweet, yeah. technically. And then he deleted his account right after. Yeah. It's question mark. And then that's when the Bloomberg thing. So he had it. Yeah. Out, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, it, 
should we care about this? It's like, you saw the first things like, hey, people should get paid for their work. Seems like that's too low. But for this to be like the main story on Twitter for so many days, is it fair to be exhausted by this? I'm just like, I don't, just pay the people. Let's move on. Depends on how much you read. It sounds like you've maybe gone into the rabbit hole. I mean, I guess I just saw Twitter and stuff bump up, but I don't know. Do you have thoughts on this, Janet? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I think to the original question, um, obviously, like, are people quick to jump to conclusions? Generally, I would say yes. I think in this case, the I'd rather live in a world where we briefly believe someone who is likely to be lying than to just not believe workers when they have complaints against big corporations. For sure. I think it just seemed I think the shocking thing about this is that she would, even if it's just like slightly bending the truth of the that she would be any degree of dishonest with an accusation like this. Um, and, you know, of course, there's a larger conversation of is that real rate even, you know, is that going off all or not, right? Like, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd rather side with workers and occasionally get burned than decide not to believe workers until yeah. there's complete proof. Um, that being said, it, it sucks that she didn't tell the whole story because it's not a good look. And I think it does hurt what the conversation could have been about. Yeah. And then as far as boycotting, um, I mean, it's it's up to you if you want to do that. I think that's totally fair and fine. And obviously we should try to support workers. And of course, there's like many layers to this, like Jennifer Hale posting about, hey, I can't really comment on it, but also a lot of people worked on this game. Hey, me, I'm one of the people, right? That's kind of the between the lines. So yeah. um, there's not a clear right or wrong on your action as a consumer, in my opinion. But I think this unfortunate circumstance should not take away from those larger conversations of wanting to support workers and get that pay there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I'm glad that I guess the truth came out. So yeah. like shout out to the reporters for doing, Absolutely. you know, people always talk about games, game journalism, games media. Obviously I'm more in the, we're all more in the criticism content creation side, but like that's important stuff to like really dig into these larger stories that have big real world implications that cut across fields. So, you yeah. know, it's important to have these conversations, even if it's a lot of, oh, it's this and then this person and this other thing. Like, it's, it's messy, I guess, you know. It's very messy, yeah. Uh, Ryan writes in and they said, maybe sparked because uh, Janet said this as well. How do you feel about the term content? Do you describe your work and creative work in general uh, with content? I hear it all the time now. Most shockingly, in a behind the scenes video for God of War Ragnarok, they use the word content to describe the story. Personally, I can't stand the term. It makes it seem How like they everything their art? Everything is just being churned out of a factory with no emotion or care put into it. Is it demeaning to y'all to have your efforts described that way? And then Ryan McGinnis replied to that comment on Patreon. And he said, as Leo Vader once said on MinMax, quote, I see a sunset and think, how can this be content? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that, but good job, Leo. I have Leo, so many answers past. for you, Leo. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, at times I just don't know of a better word. So I definitely use content when talking about min-max. It's like I could say videos and podcasts, but it's just, it's an easy catch-all, but it does make me feel gross um, at times is where I'm at with content these days. I'm not content with it. What about y'all? I just say I'm a YouTuber. I, I never use the word content. Do you in that context. purposely avoid it? Not purposely. I mean, okay. I guess I do probably because I don't like it, but I haven't really thought about it until this question. Okay. Never considered saying it. Yeah. All right. Else I think else? I only use it negatively. Yeah. <laughs> you see, like, you wake up and you say, oh, Hanson wants me to do content today, that type of thing? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. That's... I'm oh, fine looks with like that. my baby made some more content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was actually ranting about this to my brother, like, 
just in my house yesterday. So when it was here, I was like, did someone bug my apartment? Oh. Um, yeah, obviously, you're welcome to call what you make, whatever you want to call it. Um, art, but I don't think Janet, there's anything wrong it's with art. <laughs> like, sure, if you want to. But I think it's silly to say that, like, you calling art content is debasing the art or calling content art is debasing art. Like, it's silly. Like, it's all stuff. You consume it. So it's inherently content. If you don't want to describe your work that way, that's fair and fine. But I think it's it becomes like where I think we're unnecessarily putting up walls between, oh, I'm different than the person dancing on TikTok because I talk right. about it. Like, you know, I think yeah. it does unfortunately go down that slippery slope of I'm quote unquote above content and, and content creators <laughs> and what you think of when you have that word. Um, and I don't agree with that. I think anything that you put out, fine, call it art, call it content, call it whatever you want. But I don't think any of them is inherently more elevated. And I think putting art on an elevated platform above content is inherently backwards to i think respecting all the different ways people create things in the world so yeah totally. here here that was good content janet um aj <laughs> yeah. nathan andrew that's all i know how to make baby let's go <laughs> aj nathan andrews bowers writes in and says now that kind of funny spare bedroom the new studio has been revealed in san francisco when is minmax going to invest in a crazy setup like that AJ, boy, do I have the podcast for you. It's called Party Chat. It's our Patreon-exclusive podcast. If you're a $5 supporter, you can literally hear Janet and I talk about that exact thing for an hour. <laughs> so can we at least please. get a fog machine? Uh, yeah. Like just a small, really Everybody gets one. their own individual one. I mean, we certainly saw plenty of fog juice at Spirit Halloween this week for New Show Plus. There and I went to it, and they had like a whole wall of fog juice. <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing to choose that as like your primary display thing in a box costume shop right right like no we need an entire wall for the fog juice it's, it's all the same brand juice. it's all they're all the same bottles what the hell <laughs> uh sean mills how, writes in oh leo how much would it cost for us to all get like the same background and the same desk and so it would kind of look like we were all <laughs> like pretend like we're in person that's hilarious Oh, just one piece of an Ikea shelf that we all line up perfectly. Yeah. Oh, exactly. that's interesting. So you just would trick it to make it look like we're all sitting together. Yeah. And I guess like I guess with the way the camera cuts it off, it would look like we're all just like barely leaning up over the table, the edge of the table. Like, oh, I'm ready to talk too. Yeah, right. And you cut the box out of Discord and you have it kind of slotted into this full image of a mm. set. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's a Patreon goal. You're in charge of writing the description for it, though. <laughs> okay thank you uh sean mills writes in and says i've really been enjoying marvel snap that released this week from one of hearthstone's creators ben bro i think is her name um it's a really interesting design for a card game it matches last about five minutes you can bet additional points at the end of a match if you think you're going to win which can put you further up or down the ladder leading to some really interesting mind games that's, that's a cool, cool idea uh do you think this game has the potential to last for several years like hearthstone or will it be a flash in the pan like artifact God, I hadn't thought about Artifact for a while. It's Artifact. Artifact was Valve's <laughs> card game. That was the future until it wasn't. Um, Jeff, um, you've been playing Marvel Snap, right? What do you think? I have. I, I apparently haven't unlocked the betting part of it yet, though. Mm. Um, so that's kind of interesting. It's, I would say, probably less popular than Hearthstone, but it will, it will lay in that comfy kind of zone where there's way more people playing it on mobile than we would ever acknowledge and right. it will make all its money from whales probably for for years but it's actually like a well-designed game maybe compared to it's, other cash ins like marvel strike force or something no offense to marvel strike force but assuming yeah it's it's interesting in that it it feels like a number of um tabletop card games where you're just 
you have a couple locations and you're putting out cards to like boost a number for that location and it's just whoever has the larger number on two of the three locations at the end wins. So it's not mm. it's not a card battler like Hearthstone and the billion other card battler games like that. It's it's really more of a and each each card or each each card is a superhero and most of them have a certain extra power that will affect either how much they power how much power they have or other cards or the different locations and all that. So that's like a really core interesting formula for it. I would definitely like to play it as a tabletop card game, but it Yeah. For me, I'm for me it it's it just falls in that bucket. Yeah, it's it's a free to play game. It's it's built on that formula. It's I haven't run into any, you know, like paywalls yet but i certainly wouldn't expect to when it's only been out two days i'm sure they yeah. want to sink your sink their teeth into you before that it has a season pass it has multiple currencies you know like and just above and beyond that i don't want to play a game like this where it's like you're constantly they're constantly giving you missions to do and there's like three different progress tracks that really are all just designed to get you to eventually put out money for it and that's that's just where I fall off and I'm I'm not I want I want the inverse of what was happening in the early 2000s you know where we had like indie mobile developers would come up with a cool game and then corporations would shamelessly copy it right like, I want the indie developers now to take these interesting games that corporations are making and just make the five dollar version of without That's all of that crap in it the best and then thing I've I heard in a long that. time that is such a good idea yeah rip off it, the corporations everybody rip yeah. them off come on like a band-aid um leo yeah. do you think um that's tickling anything for you marble snap you well, it sounds like it's got some interesting stuff going on okay i don't know Where i've been is? having my switch with me more so i've been less needing of uh phone games yeah well there we that's go it's been cool you know i've been playing on switch immortals phoenix rising Really? I like what? that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? It's it's all right. I mean, you know, you Hell yeah. <laughs> you rip off Breath of the Wild, turns out that game was good. <laughs> right. Again, this is it this is what you've been asking for, the rip off of the If it was a big gross free to play thing, yeah. 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 The shrines are really interesting. Interesting puzzles. Like, I forget if Breath of the Wild shrines were as good. Certainly a lot about it was better, but there's a lot of really interesting shrines and Immortals. I love that. What a cool choice. Talk more about that sometime, Leo. Not right now, okay. certainly, but at some point. Um, Andy Wera writes in to say, hey, what's something that's been bringing you joy recently? Other than Immortals Phoenix Rising, they wrote, which seems oddly specific. Because <laughs> I know it's not that. <laughs> I don't know. Jeff, what's bringing you joy, man? Other than your little bundle um, of it. Yeah, we we cleaned up our porch, which Ooh. was really just like a staging area for empty Amazon boxes. And that's the one that had um, the moose head in it? Yep, with the moose head. Okay. Um, but we, we cleaned it all out, and we put two old kind of comfy chairs out there. I've just been sitting out there. It's It's just gotten a little too cold to do it, but for the tail end of summer, I just go out there with my tea in the morning, sit out, you know, it's open up all the windows, and it... Just good vibes for sitting on my phone. <laughs> good phone <laughs> vibes. That sounds lovely, man. Anybody else been brought joy by anything recently? I've really liked having stuff to look forward to, to bring it back to the calendar scheduling Ooh. conversation. 
like a trip coming up next month that's going to be really fun or just like a date night with my sweetie yeah every week you know it's like it's nice to feel like you're working towards something that you really enjoy and then get the relief of that yeah always have something the anticipation exciting. adds a lot you know yeah Ooh, janet for the audio listeners she's showing what is the most joyful thing i've ever seen in my life and now I'm trying to understand. I thought you were going to say, is. like, what is the only joy in my life? And I'm like, God, that's so depressing. <laughs> also, the fact that red flag to self, the fact that this question, I'm like, oh, so many thoughts run through my mind. I had nothing. I had nothing <laughs> on my mind. Um, rough. I will reflect on that later in my dream journal okay, um, or my you. nightmare diary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started building, finally, after buying it literally like two months ago, the um, Lego Horizon set. And as Ooh. you can see, I did not finish. The tall neck is not there, but the base is here. And honestly, it's it's been interesting trying to just like, I don't know, dig into like, what do I do when I have nothing but free time for like a weekend? Because that happens so rarely with my old schedule. And now I'm trying to bake in more time. And I'm like, I guess I'll build this. And then I'm like, oh, man, I have a hard time relaxing. So I'm going to work on that. But as I work yeah. on that, I'm working on this and it's fun. You should um, you should just Google a ship in a bottle as well for your next phase of your relaxation. I think it'll really bring I don't know. Phases. That's a little too much. Okay. That's All a little right. too scary. This is already very intimidating to me. It's going okay so far. Are there extra pieces left over at every step? Absolutely. And it's giving me, it's, it's stressing me out. Perfect. But I, hopefully at the end, there's something on top of this. I don't know. Uh, Eric Seal writes in and they say, spooky query for you. Get ready. Everybody listening. Everybody at home. Turn the lights on unless you want to get freaked out. What do you think is worse in a ghostly encounter? Seeing a ghost and no one else can see it or not seeing a ghost that everyone else can see? Hmm. Can you restate that again? Seeing a ghost and no one else sees it or you don't see a ghost, but everybody else does. It de- is everyone screaming like it's walking towards you? <laughs> like that would be effed up. A good multiplayer game all over. That's mm, true. Spirits unleashed uh, for sale now. <sighs> They're both pretty scary. They both are scary. I thought I thought it was going to go and the direction seeing. seeing the ghost, but then you would just yeah, end. no one else sees it. But I think I would just convince myself like oh, I didn't really see that. That's no big deal. But there's something about like everybody seeing it, especially even if you change the question to that like everybody in the room saw a ghost. That's scarier. Right, like knowing for sure that this thing is right there compared compared to just like ah, my eyes were seeing things. My but but are you invincible? Sorry, Leo, you had a much more interesting story that you were starting. (laughs) Your girlfriend saw a ghost. My girlfriend is a ghost. Oh, congratulations! Congratulations! Is that a recent thing? Something to look forward to. (laughs) (laughs) My girlfriend wears glasses, and when she's in bed without them on, she'll be kind of half asleep, dozing off. And thinks she'll see a figure in the room, you know, because she's just seeing shapes and stuff. Yeah. And so she'll like sit up and sleep talk to it or whatever and be like, what is that? Who is that? That's that's scarier than either of the two options. (laughs) It used to freak me out really bad, but now I don't have to check anymore. I don't want to put all like, you know, have you laid all out? I don't know. What what does she like say? Like, please don't stop stabbing me. Like, what's going on? (laughs) The the multiple times early on she said what the f-? oh no which really scared me the first time it happened really bad oh but it's a God. sign that she's in a better headspace enjoying her life more because the last time it happened she sat up the same way but was like hi how are you 
<laughs> Oof. Also rough. Is this, also is this, rough. Is this real? Is this story real? Are it's you just 100% like, real. I'm confused oh my gosh. about, like, are her eyes open? I don't know. It's dark. Oh, Get rid of the rest of the questions. I just want to dive into this. Yeah, what <laughs> this is, is the best question? Well, that's cool. Uh, Muffin Crumbs writes in and says, Hey, Ben and Company, I've got a game for y'all called Single Syllable Showdown. It's based on the card game Poetry for Neander- Neanderthals. Have you heard of this one, Jeff? I think I have. How it works is I'll give you a video game title and you have to try to get the group to guess it by only using single syllable words to describe it. Uh, Jeff, could you open Slack? I'm going to send you the name of a game and you have to describe it to Janet and Leo only using single syllable words. Um, Let's see. And then uh, Leo, I'll send you one as well so you can really think about it in Slack here. Um, and then Janet, would you like one as well? Sure. Okay, great. This is perfect. I'm gonna lose money on this, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll take anything if it's free. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff. I'm single syllables. Um, sentences breakers. or just throwing out keywords. Um, I think sentences is better. So, all right, Jeff. I'm, let's guess it. Here we go. What do we got? What do we got? Uh, old time shoot hunt. <laughs> I not end. Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah! There we go. Way to go, Jan. I not end. <laughs> Can't say finish. <laughs> yep. All right. Leo, what do you got? Indeed. Uh, okay. That's true. That would be much better. Small green boy goes to place and Legend of Zelda. time. Uh, God, all of them are time. Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. No. So blow in oh. thing. Ocarina? Okay. <laughs> well, I should have said the word time, you know? I, I admit that. <laughs> it's a subtle hint. Yeah, Ocarina of Time. Way to go. All right, Janet. Last one. What do you got? Okay. Also, I didn't do nothing of anything yet. Okay, let's see. Um, um, gosh, hold on. That's me. Okay. Um, guy. <laughs> Oh, I got it. No, I'm just. Well, you gave it to me. Of course, you have it. <laughs> um, guy fights crime. Okay. As thing. <laughs> Batman. Yes. Arkham <laughs> Asylum. Sorry. Yeah, you got it, Leo. Way to go. Like, <laughs> he does fight it as the thing. I got a sense you were trying not to say bat. Yeah, yeah well, because I, I realized even though Ben didn't say it, I'm like, I'm sure you can't say any of the hey, things yeah, in there. Right. Okay. Um, okay, here's here's one. Uh, this... Wait, you should be assigned it by us. Well, look, I, I just got this list. I mean, if somebody wants to send me a new one, but there's a new there's one here that I haven't said yet that I haven't thought about, I swear. Let's hear it. Fine, go ahead. All right. This time, the guy is blonde and you go to see land and (laughs) it is good (laughs) 10 out of 10 okay um, one, I oh. genuinely haven't really had a, like, a lot of good guesses, but two, I was like, what if, how long will he go if we just don't say anything? <laughs> I need 
cut Resident Evil thing. Six one. I need uh, cut things. <laughs> Blonde man, Final Fantasy. No, uh, um, that's not right. Uh, um. Who wasn't blonde and became blonde? Do either of y'all know? <laughs> That's what I'm struggling with. This time, guy is new and guys. Oh, Metal Gear Solid 2? Yeah, Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> Way to go. Way to go. Whew, thank you. I need Scissor 61. That's a weird deep cut. Um, nice. All right, what do y'all like for a question of the week? I like the one with Leo's like girlfriend seeing demons and me. <laughs> Ghost, the spooky query. Spooky query. That was an interesting question, too. That is true. Jeff, do you have thoughts? Um, yeah, spooky's, spooky's good. Spooky's go good. Spooky. All right, Eric Seal, congratulations. You just won a prize spooky's for my Mate Bit. Thanks for supporting us. Now it's time for something that we like to call Get a Load of This. The spooky edition. <laughs> All right, everybody got their spooky. Get a load of this, Jeff. Um, scare the pants off us, dude. Uh, get a load of this. This is this isn't scary at all, cool. uh, but it may make you question. Uh, all those math lessons you had in school. Oh, no. This is from Upworthy.com. It's a couple TikTok videos from a math professor named Howie Wah. Um, and it's basically. He shows you that you can actually add and subtract big numbers from left to right, and it's actually easier and faster than doing it from right to left, like we've all been taught. What? That's mind-boggling. Watch the videos. It works. All right. It blew my mind. I'm rethinking everything now. I love it. Just like your life in general? Yeah. Wow. All the math I've done. Now cars drive him. Uh, hey, get a load of this. I know we're all sick of talking about that queen that died, but I learned something recently on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and it blew my frickin' mind. Did you know that of all the things like King Charles will inherit from Queen Elizabeth II, he will also inherit, inherit, uh, in, inherit? Yeah. Thousands of swans, dolphins, whales, and sturgeon. Because officially... Royalty, like the Queen of England, she technically owned all of the whales and dolphins and sturgeon that were within three miles of the UK shoreline. That seems normal. Isn't that bizarre? Like, just to have a decree from 1324, apparently, that, uh, oh, they recognized all of them as fishes royal. Just sent out a decree saying, yeah, all those whales, I own those. (laughs) Truly bananas. Uh, there's a link below if you want to learn more about uh, royalty owning all the sturgeon and why that's important. Uh, Leo, you got something? Uh, have we talked about this one yet? Nikki's Pizza Oblivion? No. Uh, it's a mod for Oblivion that uh, lets you talk to a special character named Pizza Black. And you can order dominoes through your conversation. <laughs> And so it's a mod that's officially hooked up to Domino's? There's a some Domino's API. Wow. That they can hook into Oblivion and let you order a Domino's <laughs> pizza to your house. That's amazing. I love it. Uh, Janet, you got one? Yeah, get a load of this. Again, with the content or art or both or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, someone, I saw this on TikTok, they, for Be Real, the social media app where Woo. it's like 
take a picture in realty. If you watched watched all of Trucks is Wrecked to find out Leo's thoughts on Be Real, um, <laughs> if he said that on content, which I now don't even know if he did. So it's like, um, you know, front camera and back camera. Mm-hmm. And this guy, all of the photos he's taken, he's slowly been like moving so that he's walking and he oh, like stitched funny. them all together to make this a stop motion video. And it's so cool. Um, and yeah, it's just like an interesting use of the platform that I wouldn't necessarily think to do with. That's fun. Uh, Jeff, did you get one from the community from the discord? Yeah. Get a load of this. Uh, this one was from C Mankey. Um, and it's a Twitter thread from Emma court, who is a reporter for Bloomberg business, I think. Um, and she, she's, went to this press conference, I guess. And, and she says, uh, New York City is limiting the hours when trash is taken out because of issues with rats. And it's genuinely hard to pick a favorite quote from today's presser. Uh, and then she has multiple quotes from this press conference. First one, there are many rivers that are feeding the sea of rodents in the city. And today we're damming one of them. <laughs> uh, oh, the biggest- yes, I remember this. The biggest swing you can take in cleaning up our streets is shutting down the all-night, all-you-can-eat rat buffet. And the next one is, rats will hate this announcement, which is cool. <laughs> uh, another one was, rats don't run this city, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I see no evidence uh, And that. then, this is not Ratatouille, rats are not our friends. Uh, and finally, from the Somebody Department the of Sanitation... Yeah, the Department of Sanitation Commissioner uh, Jessica Titch said, New Yorkers will not have to fear as many rats hiding in late night shadow. Beautiful. So it sounds like quite the press conference. Love it. Links below for all this fun stuff. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching or listening to this episode of the MinMax Show podcast. If you enjoyed it, you can always tell a friend about it, share it online. We always appreciate that. Talk about it on Reddit. All those cool places people go. Um, And you can help support it directly by going to patreon.com slash MinMax with two N's. Uh, Last warning, everybody. If you're listening to this early, um, this Friday, October 21st, we're having our community meetup for our third anniversary. And it's at Utapils Brewing. That is U-T-E- P-I-L-S. We will be at Utapil's Brewing, Glad Handing, Kissing Babies. Um, that'll be at 7 p.m. Central, of course, because this is in Minnesota, everybody. So if you're in Minnesota, the Minneapolis area, coming out, we'd love to see you. You don't have to be a Patreon supporter, but if you're not, we will convince you to become one by the end of the night. I guarantee it. Um, also, in honor of our third anniversary, we have new MinMax merch. Hugo in the community, we contracted with him, and he made a bunch of new merch, which is awesome. He made merch, because he's really passionate about it, for House Hunter Rise, which is very cool. It's like a... It's, he somehow made a Monster Hunter monster, but it looks like it's made out of a house. It is unbelievably cool. Um, also, he created an official mascot for MinMax called Max the Minnow, which is adorable, so please check that out. Uh, there's going to be a link below for all this fun stuff if you want to find it. Also, um, he made... A bottle of cream in honor of Steam Secret Stash. It's a long story, but if you watch that show... It's gross looking. It looks cute. It does look cute. Yeah, he made cream look cute. So check that out, everybody. Also, yeah, Party Chatter Patreon exclusive podcast this week. We talked a lot about Kind of Funny Studio and how we want to grow at MinMax and how we can learn lessons from them and whether we should try and follow in their footsteps every step of the way or how we can zig when they zag, all that fun stuff. Things Um, we we can steal from the place. That's right. We also talk about the finale for She-Hulk there if you're interested in that. Uh, On YouTube... um, 
Um, tabletop game night. Uh, Jeff and Sarah and I played through a full tabletop game. It was called Horrified. Uh, so it was a fun co-op game, so you can check out the archive of that stream on YouTube. That was a fun time. Also, a new episode of Kelsey Lewin's Collector Corner is going to be airing on Thursday on Twitch, and then the YouTube version will be up on Friday, so please check that out. Also, up on Friday, we might have a certain bonus video where we talk about a certain God of War Ragnarok, so please check that out, everybody. It'll be in our YouTube channel, and then... Also in the bonus podcast feed if you're a Patreon supporter. Uh, thank you to some of our biggest supporters at that $50 tier, the Game Champion tier. They can choose any game under the sun and lock it in and officially be declared the champion. So thank you to games.archer.com, of course, for being the champion of Crash Test Idiot. Speaking of Steam Secret Stash, these are games that we've played on there. Uh, mm. Steve B. is the champion of Jack 2. Andre Silva is the champion of Dark Cloud. Going back to it, Dark Cloud got really far in the poll last time for which game we're to create bonus content about, so I love that Andres is sticking with it. All right, speaking of sticking with it, thanks, everybody. We appreciate you all being here. And until next time, Leo, take us out, dude. <laughs> You're going to want to do three things. You're going to want to be good. You're going to want to have fun. And you're going to want to let's go. Yeah! Bye, everybody!